Inside 20 is brought to you by Traditional Bow Hunters of Georgia. Head on over to tradbowga.com for more info. We're excited to have two leaders within the traditional bow hunters of Georgia community who have been mentors to us personally. Both have harvested countless critters over the years through different hunting methods, always selfless with time by helping anyone they come across that is new to the sport. Tonight's guests are Chris Harper and Dindy Cromer. Thanks, guys, for taking the time to do this. You guys, for those who don't know you, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how long you've been hunting traditional, uh, what got you into this type of hunting, and what you do full-time professionally. We'll start with you, Dindy. Yeah, I'm Dindy Cromer. Um, I live in Lee County down around, and the closest town is actually DeSoto, but it's, it's not even that close. I, I actually, I live so far back in the woods that I don't get Saturday Night Live till like next Tuesday, but DeSoto is uh, my address. Um, I'm just in the northeast corner of Lee County. I live on a little farm. It's, it's like a house and and, and 70 acres, just a little spot. I got into traditional archery. I used to I used to shoot a compound, just like probably everybody did when they get into archery, because that's that's all that's all I knew. That's all I saw in mag hunting magazines, and that's all I, you know, my friends shot. So I got a compound and I enjoyed it. I really liked it. Something was missing. Um, I competed in ASA, not in pro or or, or anything like that. And I, I don't even remember placing very high up in open B and open C, but the, the same thing was that it was boring. Everywhere we went, we went all over the country, uh, me and a friend of mine, and we were shooting in these competitions, you know, and it was, it got to be boring. Everybody can shoot a compound. Everybody can shoot. And, and when you, when you relate that to hunting, if you're sitting in the stand and you see a deer or a pig or whatever it happens to be, you see that animal and you decide to shoot it, the hunt is over because you know you know you can hit it uh most of the time for me anyway and that's when the work started but with a traditional bow it's not like that at all you see the animal that you want to shoot or you plan on stalking and, and that's when the hunt actually begins we took a break at work one day and i went went into this store and they had the magazines beside the counter right there i had there was one called boar hunter magazine and i just picked it up and i was flipping through it and i saw an article there about hunting pigs with the with the traditional bow and i decided to go i bought the magazine and I, I read it later there was an article in there there was a recurve bow leaned against the cypress tree and there were two small pigs underneath it something clicked after reading the article and looking at all the pictures i, I was like that's what i want to do that's what i need to be doing that's i was just i was super interested in it there was a phone number at the end of the article i called it it was like six in the afternoon i called the number guy answered the phone and talked to me for probably an hour, maybe a little bit over an hour, and answered all my questions and told me what I needed to do, what bow I needed to start with, what I could expect, uh, arrows, because we didn't have the resources today online. YouTube wasn't a thing. Google, I think, was in its infancy, so not a lot of info there. So he spent some time with me, answered all my questions, and was just very generous with his knowledge willing to help me and he said call me whenever i'll help you he did a lot he shoved me in the right direction that guy's name was robert carter which if you're listening to this podcast you probably know exactly who i'm talking about but he did he spent a lot of time with me and answered a bunch of questions and that's that's kind of how i got my start and he put me in touch with people that were closer to me play Patton was a real big help and chris ward real big help those two guys 
actually got with me and, and watched me shoot, showed me what I was doing wrong and, and showed me how to do everything. They invited me whenever they'd go hunting, they'd invite me too. And, you know, to have, to be serious about going hunting and then you got this guy behind you, you know, clanging, banging, not really knowing what he's doing. That takes a lot of patience. Always be thankful to them for doing that, taking me and showing me what I needed to do. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's that's what I've experienced too. Is most folks in this community are more than willing to to give their time, their their knowledge, their resources. You know, I've I've had I've seen folks give bows away and arrows and all sorts of stuff that you just don't experience within you know other groups in the hunting community. It's it's nice to see. It definitely makes it makes it easier to stay in the group. You know, when when the folks are treating you right, makes you want to treat other people right and just kind of pass it on down the the line. I know you yeah. were uh, instrumental in Matt getting into this. Matt has, you know, taken me under his wing and, and showed me. It's nice to see that growing folks having a passion for the same thing that, that you do. I mean, what else would have us on here at, you know, 8 o'clock at night talking about this? Mm-hmm. What is your favorite animal to hunt? Um, I'm, I'm going to have to say pigs. Now, And when I say that, I, it's not like I've been all over the world hunting all kind of stuff. So my, my scope is very narrow. Turkey, pigs, deer, and I went on a javelina hunt I, and a black bear. I shot a black bear. I really hadn't done enough black bear hunting to really tell you where it fits in. I had a good time. I went with Jerry Russell up in Quebec. A group of us went up there, and I, I did kill a very nice black bear. And the whole experience was just, it, it got me out of Georgia, you know, and I went, I got to see something else and just hunt a different way in a different spot. And that's what I really enjoyed. But as far as things around here goes, pigs, definitely. If if somebody were to ask me, hey, from now on, you're going to hunt just this, what is it? And I, I would pick pigs over deer. And I love deer hunting. I really do. But it, it would have to be the pigs. They're just the right animal for a traditional bow hunter. They're not too terribly difficult. And I'm talking about being on the ground. I'm not talking about sitting over the feeder. Although I've done that before. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's the way you want to do it. But I like to be on the ground stalking. They're not too easy. They're not too easy at all. If you've done it in any amount, you'll know that. They're just the challenge. That's the word I'm looking for. They are. They offer just the right amount of challenge. You have to have your ducks in a row to be successful. And what I do for work, I'm, I'm a journeyman lineman at Georgia Power, and I've been there about 20 years. I think this coming up September will be 21 years that I've been there. I've been around Lake Blackshear pretty much all my life. That's awesome. So... Being down around Lake Blackshear, you, you have a pretty large population of pigs. Do you hunt pigs quite a bit? And, and that's always on the ground? Yeah, always on the ground. Um, and I do hunt pigs a lot. During deer season, I, I just hunt the deer because I concentrate on deer during deer season. During the spring, and so, I may go turkey hunting too. I don't really love it. I've killed a couple turkeys on the ground without a blind with my boat. I just wanted to see if I could do it. I'm not good at calling them. My brother is. He he goes with me. He does the calling. I've shot two just to see if I can do it. Tur- turkeys are terribly frustrating to me. Sometimes they'll be gobbling their head off, and then you wake up at 5 in the morning to go the next morning, and they're silent, and that's frustrating to me. I know that I can kill pigs, so that's that's what I spend my time on. I go a lot spring, summer. Anytime deer season's not in, I'll be pig hunting. I don't fish 
I don't own a boat. I don't even own a boat. I just, I love hunting pigs. That's awesome. And so you're always hunting pigs on the ground and you're stalking them pretty much. You're, you're trying to walk up on them, right? Yes, that's right. That's right. To me, that's, that's the more, that is the most challenging way. And if people think that hunting them over a feeder may be easy. It's, it's really not that easy either. Pigs are smart. They're not, they're not stupid animals. And people say, well, they can't see. Yeah, they can. Move. It's not that they it's not that they can't see, they're just not paying attention. You know, a deer scrutinizes everything you do. They scrutinize their surroundings I mean to the nth degree. Pigs are just hungry and they don't pay attention. But I promise you, if they figure out that you're there or if they figure out something's not right, you're gonna get busted. If you spend if you get close enough to a pig and you let's say twenty yards, if you spend any amount of time inside that twenty yards and you don't make a shot, they're gonna figure especially if it's a group of them, they're going to figure you out. You can't get by with anything. They don't let you get by with anything. You got to make your money. You got to make your money quick. So with deer, it's different, though. How are you hunting deer mostly? Deer hunting, I, I like being on the ground. I will sit in stands, and I, I continue to do that. Being on the ground is more intense. I think I get more out of that. It's a little more of a challenge because, Everything's got to be just right. You can fidget and mess around in a stand even after you see the deer. You can still make some movement. You can still like get your body positioned just right. On the ground, they might be standing right next to you, and you don't even know they're there. You, you didn't hear them show up. And there's a, such a thing as too close. I like, to, I like for them to be about 12 to 15 yards. Anything closer than that, and you're, you're not going to do anything. You, you're going to have to let them move off before you can make any kind of move. I had a button head one time. I'd gotten tired. My back was hurting. And I just I put my bow on the ground and stretched out. And I had my feet way out in front of me, you know, like almost reclining. Then I heard to my left, I heard this. And I was like, ah. And I turned my head just kind of slightly and looked. And it was just a little button head. He came around the left-hand side of me. And when he walked in front of me, he actually stepped on one of my feet. I thought it was funny. I ended up getting tickled and I couldn't stop laughing and, and he ended up running off. You never can tell what's going to happen on the ground. To me, it's just so much more intense than, than sitting in a tree stand. I still enjoy yeah. sitting in stands, but I would, I'd really rather be on the ground. Tell everybody how you hunt from the ground. Cause I think typically people either hunt in a blind or some type okay. of fixed stand, stand from the ground. The way that you hunt is a lot different than most people probably hunt i couldn't find my stand one morning that's that's how this all started and i couldn't find my stand and i was walking through there in the pre-dawn i had a flashlight and i couldn't find it and sun started coming up and i knew where i wanted to be but i couldn't find my stand and i said well i'll just sit down so i i found a little log and i found some stuff that was behind me and i just all i had on was i think a flannel shirt and camouflage pants or those khaki pants that i wear and i just sat there I was surprised at the number of deer that I saw that did not see me. And I was just sitting there. They would, they would look at you, but then they would look away and they would, they would discount you. Once you satisfy their curiosity, they would discount you and they'd go on about their business. And I just couldn't, I couldn't believe that. So as it progressed, um, David Waldrop, who builds those Waldrop pack seats over in Hamilton, called him and I said, everybody said that was the best seat for hunting on the ground i bought one of those and it's made a lot of difference it's a very comfortable seat allows me to sit still 
for longer because if you get miserable, you can't be still. That's a must. You got to be still. I have bought a from allpredatorcalls.com. I bought a kill suit. I, I read about a guy that writing about his experience online, and I looked at it and I was like, man, that that could do me good right there. So I I bought one, sat down and I shot in it, and it was just too shaggy on the left hand side. So I cut the left sleeve completely off. Just got it because you can't really trim it enough because something's always going to be in the way because you never know where your shot's going to be or which way you're going to be leaning. So I just got rid of the whole left hand. It's gone. I think that's made a difference too because deer will deer will just come. They will they will look at you and not even know you're there. They will just completely discount you. That's what you want when you're on the ground. Find somewhere to. Where would you put a tree stand if you're if you're looking for deer sign or if you're looking for a place to hunt? Are you looking to put a deer stand somewhere? Go to that place, one that you feel confident in, one that you know there's plenty of sign and you know you're going to see deer. But don't look for trees. Look for something on the ground. Look for a log or a root ball or a you know a blowdown or a clump of bushes. But always it's it's so important. You got to have your head and your shoulders. That's got to be completely. You got to disguise that. If if they ever find out you got a head or you got eyes, they're gone. So make sure that your head and your shoulders are not silhouetted. You can do that by wearing that ghillie suit and, and have a frilly hat or whatever. When you sit down, a lot of people that I talk to want to make a little nest around themselves, you know, hide behind something. And that's, that's not always a good idea because they can still see you moving behind that. In order, in order for you to make it where they can't see you, you're going to have to make it so thick that you can't shoot through it. So you don't want that. What I found out to be the best is find a tree that's wider than you are or find a backdrop that will completely break up your silhouette, break up your outline, and just tuck into it and just back up into it. And make sure that you can – make sure that for a right-handed shooter, make sure that from 12 o'clock all the way down to about maybe 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock on that side, Make sure that you can swing your bow and make sure you can shoot in that direction. And don't even worry about anything from 12 o'clock over to the 5 o'clock, which is your right-hand side. I've never been able to pull that off because if they're close enough for you to shoot, you're not going to get away with that much movement. So you got to dedicate yourself to the 12 o'clock to the 7 or 8 on your left-hand side. And I set up for that. I don't always know where they're going to show up. Sometimes I have a pretty good idea. When you have a deer in, you said that 12-yard range where you kind of like them, what are you waiting for? What are you looking at? What Through your mind, it's a checklist that you need to have. That. Okay. All right. That, that's a real good question. Preferably, I, I want one deer to show up. I don't I don't want a wad of does to come in there. I, I don't want a doe and a yearling. I don't want – I want one set of eyes that I have to fool, not a, not a bunch of them. So if one doe shows up, you're going in the right direction. You already got a lot of stuff stacked in your favor. You got to just watch them and know when you can move and when you can't move. I like to shoot. I don't like a broadside shot. And I know a lot of people go, what? I can't believe. No, I don't like a broadside shot because I like for them to be quartering away. And, and I say that because a, a deer's going to move. Everybody knows that that hunts deer. They, they're not, when you let the string go, they're not in the same posture that they were when you let the string go. So that even as fast as your bow might be, they're going to move a little bit. And if you take a broadside shot, if they move a half, I mean a foot, then that's going to throw your shot off 
either way, either forward or backward. And you're going to be either up in the shoulder and you don't want that, or you're going to be back in the gut and then you're on your hands and knees with a flashlight all night. You don't want that either. So what I like to do is, number one, when you shoot them quarter and away, it doesn't matter how steep the quarter is. you got a huge target right there because in, it, even if it goes in just in front of the ham, the arrow has nowhere to go except forward. You, you know what I mean? It's going into the chest cavity because that's the direction that it's headed in. So you've got from in front of the ham all the way to the front shoulder based on how steep the angle is. Number two, if I can't see their eyes, they can't see me. And that's, that's the time to draw. And so I've, I've done that a lot. A deer, if you ever watch a deer feeding, they'll do what they, it's called casting. Have you ever watched a beagle when he's looking for a rabbit, how he'll like move his head from side to side and he'll take another step, move his head from side to side. Deer do that too. And I know y'all have seen that. So if the deer's got his head over there close to you, just wait a second. And it's going to cast back over to the other side. He'll move it to the other side of his body. And your movement and your sound pretty much be completely eclipsed by the deer itself. And so that's that's when I like to draw. I I do have a fast shot. I don't I don't have to hold. I don't have to aim. I, matter of fact, my form will probably make a shooting coach vomit. It it works for me, you know. Another thing that I'll add, I've been busted, and you're going to get busted while you're trying to draw. The chair creaks, or you make a little noise in the leave, or sometimes that arrow sliding across the wrist. That's gotten their attention before on a, on a dead, still, quiet day. The deer will actually look at me, but I've learned not to stop my draw. And if a deer looks right at me, I'll just continue my draw slowly, slowly. And then when I get to my anchor, bop, I let, I let it go. I just aim a little bit lower than I would ordinarily because I know that deer is going to drop, you know, when it sees my release. Deer aren't really fighting they're not alerted until they can identify you when they're staring at you they haven't identified you as a threat yet they just don't know what you are here's this thing that's moving over there and if you think about it the woods are busy squirrels move the leaves blow trees are swishing back and forth you got all kind of stuff so a little bit of movement is not completely odd to them or out of place but you got to go ahead and shoot though and that's a lot easier than coming to half draw getting busted trying to let down and then trying to draw back because that'll never work that hadn't worked for me at all i continue my draw and by the time by the time they get it figured out it's too late absolutely that's good stuff very good stuff thank you all right mr chris harper the man who took me on my first pig hunt in the swamp i'm really excited to be talking to you i appreciate you taking the time tell us how long you've been hunting what got you started in traditional and what you do full-time professionally. All right, yeah. So, uh, Chris Harper from big city of Willacoochee, Georgia. I uh, don't even have a red light. I live in uh, <laughs> live in Fitzgerald now. But uh, <laughs> tickle you, Dindy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I come from a, a poor uh, childhood, so my backstory is kind of shaded. I stopped hunting when I was about 15 years old due to some uh, family issues and all that stuff. And uh, I didn't hunt for about 20 years. I'd say about 20 years. And then 2017, 2016, actually, 2016, I decided I was going to buy a bow. I got into it. I was working with uh, Chris Ward. 
Dindy and I have him as, both as an acquaintance, and uh, I learned a lot from Chris Ward. I went to buy a bow because Chris was always talking about hunting and bow hunting and all this stuff. So I was going to go buy me a compound bow. Funny story about that. I, I've never even shot a compound bow to this day. Not really. I've, I've tinkered with like somebody that would have one in a in a field or some ladder at, at camp or something, but I've never actually shot a compound bow. I couldn't, I probably couldn't even aim the thing if I, if I wanted to. So I went to buy a compound bow in 2016 before deer season. It was, it was probably August right before deer season. And I went to this fellow that had a compound bow for sale that I knew. I get there and I'm looking at the compound bow and I was about to hand him the money. He's like, well, well, Hey, hold on a minute. Uh, you, you think you know anybody that want one of these? And he comes out with three, uh, bare recurves. I'm like, well, shoot. Cause I knew Ward was a big, uh, traditional bow hunter. So I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll take one of those. So I bought a, uh, 60 inch bear hunter, uh, green, took it back and Ward started showing me how to, how to string it and all that stuff. And uh, like I said, it's 2016. So it's not that long ago. Ward started showing how to string it and how to shoot it and all that stuff. And I got into it pretty hard and I went and, um, had a good, had a good first season. Like I didn't, uh, I didn't kill a deer. Oh, did I? Yeah, yeah, I did kill a deer. I killed a deer my first season with the uh, recurve. Uh, Ward was teaching me everything. Uh, went and killed a deer, and then um, I couldn't get on any pigs, and I tried, and that's how I met Dendy. Ward uh, put me on with Dendy because, like Dendy said, Ward taught Dendy a lot about pig hunting, and Ward, uh, there was a hunt going on in January, and I went around there, and uh, Dendy met up with me, and me and Dendy hit it off, and we got out there, and I, I didn't get a pig or nothing right out the gate. It was fun, right? Like, uh, I just... I just jumped into it. It was fun. I liked the stump shooting and just getting out there. And like Denny was saying, man, you, um, you're not going to find a better group of people to hunt with. Like you just won't do it. I've, I've made some really lifelong good friends just from bow hunting. It's just, it, it was just, it's just super fun. When you get into this type of hunting, like it's, it's, it's more about the hunt than it is more than it is, you know, going out and, and just trying to kill something you're just you're just you get in there and you're actually enjoying it and you're seeing everything and whenever i, I was out with a couple of guys and there's a bunch of man there's a bunch of folks that i could bring up that have taught me all kinds of stuff since because i learned quick and uh i've killed i've killed a pile of critters now but i learned from i'd say some of the best folks that you'll ever meet in the traditional world may of 2017 i went out there first time with dindy and them and i went it was like 90 something degrees man it was it was hot and i got out there in one of them units and i was way back in there and finally come up on this group of pigs and there's probably five or six of them out there probably you know 50 50 60 pounds 70 pounds something like maybe and they're out there and they're feeding around making a lot of noise and i'm i'm dying from heat at this point and just get up there and i get you know 15 15 yards from or so and i'll pick one draw back shoot it nailed him he falls over because i hit him in the spine <laughs> he falls over i run up there and i put another one in his heart and then i hear i was like oh what is this? And then, so there was a big old sow, big old sow there. And she come checking it out. She was not happy. She was not happy at all. So I back up and I get back in the creek and I'm watching this sow comes through. It was like something from Jurassic Park. She comes through and there's some palmettas there. And she just sticks her head through the palmettas and looks at me. I'm like, oh girl, we about to fight. <laughs> so uh, she backs up and just literally walks off. She wasn't even worried about me. Just walks off. She probably didn't know what I was, what I was, but uh. I got up there and I uh, got that pig and that was my first pig. And I'll tell you what, since then, man, um, pig hunting's the way to go. Yeah, that's what that's, that's kind of what got me into hunting traditional and how long I've been hunting traditional since 2016. Not a whole, whole long time, but I've uh, I've put a lot of hours into it and a lot of time into it. And like I said, I've learned from some of the best people. As far as what I do professionally, I'm a, 
I'm an IT director. I've done healthcare IT for over 15 years. I'm a network engineer by trade. That is so awesome. That, that's a great story. Man, I, I was uh, thinking of some of the things I saw there. It, it definitely is hot. A lot of fun, though. It makes it worthwhile when you get to experience something like that. You know, it, it uh, draws you in for sure. If I yeah. may, man, I was, I was real proud of him because he hadn't – he was brand new at that. And I think that, Chris, wasn't it – there was supposed to be several people going, and everybody backed out, wasn't it? Yep. What, yeah. Wasn't every- there a group going, and everybody's backed out except for Chris. He's like, I'm going to go anyway. That's and, right. Um, he did the whole thing by himself, and he sent me a picture of this pig, and I remember thinking to myself, I can't believe that. But he, he did. So he, he picked it up pretty quick and got going. I was proud of him. I've picked it up, and I've ran with it, and I've, I've helped a lot of people at this point. And, shoot, I've, uh, I wouldn't – like. Listen, I'm not a Dindy Cromer. I'm not a Robert Carter. I'm not a Chris Ward. I'm not any of those guys, you know, but uh, I do decent. Mm-hmm. Man, it, like I said, it's, uh, it's, just, it's just a fun thing, man. If people don't know, if they've never experienced trying to stalk a pig and shoot it with a bow, it seems like it could be fairly simple, but it is not. And when you're doing it in South Georgia in the summertime, it is, it is grueling. There's a lot of work. And at times, and you're walking and, and walking five miles a day or more than that, you just think to yourself, what am I doing right now? Everybody well, else is inside in the AC watching TV. So on the hunt that I killed that pig on in 2017, I was in a different unit, and I was uh, texting back and forth with Chris Ward, something that stuck with me. And he, t- he told me he, heard, he had heard it from, uh, I think it was Al Chapman. But I was texting back and forth with him, and uh, I was like, man, I ain't seen no piggies. He, uh, he said, well, you just hadn't walked far enough yet. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. You've got to put some yeah. miles in. It's amazing how far you can walk. But then there's times, and we experienced this over the summer, where you get out of the truck. How long were we walking that first day, Mike? We maybe walked for five minutes, ten minutes, until we saw pigs. Yeah, that was awesome. So it's it's a lot of fun. It really is. We don't have the the luxury of having pigs, you know, right here in our backyard. I mean, we got to drive at least an hour or so to to find them on private property, but it's, it is, if anybody hadn't experienced it uh, and thinks, well, that's, that's pretty easy. You know, pigs are dumb. That's not true at all. It's no. they're very smart. No. They are. But, but yeah, going off the, the, you know, the same questions you was asking, Dindy, uh, you know, I would say I'm in the same boat. I, I would say you're going to be hard pressed to find any traditional bow hunter down in South Georgia. I know it's different in North Georgia because they don't have a lot of pigs, in South Georgia, you're going to have a hard time finding one that says they don't like hunting pigs more than they like hunting deer. I believe that. And because most of the folks I know, they just, it's just more active. It's more fun. I would say that on my side too, same thing. I, I'd rather hunt pigs than deer. Uh, I'm not a bird hunter. I don't like hunting birds at all. Like I'll hunt a grouse <laughs> if I'm out that way. But And it's very social too, from a pig's hunting standpoint, you get to walk around and you're, you're probably with somebody and you can talk a little bit and you, then you go to lunch and hang out. Most of the time when you deer hunt, you usually hunt by yourself. Uh, and sometimes you might hunt with somebody on the same property. Usually you split up and you're not there together. You got to sit there and be quiet for hours at a time, either you know sitting down, maybe you're in a stand where you can stand up and take a break from time to time. But yeah, the aspect of it being social is fun. It's kind of like a dove hunt. You get to experience it with somebody else and, it's more social. I think that's probably why it's more appealing. I know that's why I enjoy it. Do you hunt pigs, I would assume, from the ground, like Dindy does, stalk them around? When you hunt deer, you also hunt from the ground, Chris? No, I'm not a uh, 
I'm not uh, comfortable enough hunting from the ground, uh, deer hunting. I'm not saying I, I won't do it. I just don't have the setup for it. I don't have a pack seat or any kind of seat to sit on. I know I could take a stool or something like that. I don't have a kill suit. I don't have a ghillie suit or anything along those lines. As far as, I remember your questions for Dendy, but um, yes, yeah, the same, pretty much same setup. I, I pig hunt from the ground exclusively. I've pigs from the tree. You know, if they come in and deer hunting's pretty slow, I'll stick one and, you know, go retrieve it in a little bit. But as far as pig hunting goes, I hunt pigs from the ground. There's just no other way to do it. It's just with a traditional bow, it's just too fun. Deer hunting, I hunt from a tree, but I uh I hunt with with the tree saddle and Dindy gives me a hard time about it. <laughs> but <laughs> I hunt out of a tree saddle. Climb the sticks, climb a tree, and I hunt out of a tree saddle. Hey, Dindy's never tried it before, so and he just sees the memes no, on social no. media. In all fairness, I have not. And it is i'm telling you after you spend and i know you may not take your stands down and you might leave them in the same spot but if you're hunting multiple properties and you got stands and you want to move them around i my experience when i have a lock on i'll put it in one spot i might move it one time during the season but i guarantee you i'm not going to move it four or five times and hunt different trees and that it gives you that ability and then too like it doesn't limit you because i think in a lock on at least in my experience like i'm not going to put on a slick tree but if I can find a tree that I can get behind and then maybe there's, I know for sure that the deer are not going to, you know, they're going to walk a certain path. At least, you know, I feel like that's a good bet. Then you can get behind that tree and you've got that tree in front of you that you can hide behind. Whereas if you got a climber or lock on, I can't tell you how many times I have sat on the front of a tree and made the mistake of thinking like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty covered up. And then that deer, for whatever reason, I'll be sitting there just looks up, right? Looks up at you. And mm -hmm. it, you know, a lot of times it's uh it seems like it's over at that point because they've looked up at everybody else. I don't know. That's my personal opinion. Mike well, also hunts from a saddle, so he can give we can we can just turn this into a gang up on Dendy about saddle hunting versus hunting from a <laughs> there we go. I'll, I'll 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 save y'all. I'll go ahead and give in. Um, <laughs> I, to be there, there's too many people that have been successful with them for them for me to discount them like that. I just give him a hard time, but it's just something that I hadn't tried yet hunting from the ground and, and hunting from stands and, and for me to get into something else like that would be too many irons in the fire for somebody who is as unorganized as i am and that's the truth yep uh dindy is a, he's all over the place but you, as y'all know he's a killer <laughs> yeah he, he does really well and and i believe that hunting on the ground only makes you better in you know hunting a tree because sitting still is paramount you know if you can sit still then the chances go way up speaking of of hunting pigs and and hunting on the ground and that sort of thing i i heard a bit of a story where you guys were out pig hunting and i think dindy shot the pig can you know what story i'm talking about oh yeah there's yeah, a lot yeah. there's a lot to go into that story really like uh and Dindy, I'll let you tell it. You can probably tell a story better than I can. <laughs> Help me. Okay. If I miss something. We always hunt together. Um, we, we make several trips over there. And we we hunt together. We we ride in my truck, you know. When we get in the woods, we, we all, hey, you want to split up or you want to stay together? I, I don't know. And it depends. Sometimes we'll split up or sometimes we'll. Yeah, this specific hunt, we were having a hard time because of the weather. What was it? It was so rainy, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't it was super rainy. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we, we wasn't seeing very many pigs, and we were only getting to get out maybe a couple hours a day because it was just 
and we knew it going into it because for two weeks the forecast said 100 percent on three of the four days that we were going to be there but we'd i'd already taken off vacation and we committed and got the room so we just went we got to this area and when we get in the woods we always say all right who's who's first you know if we stay together you got the first shot of me and we'll hash that out that way if either one of us spot a pig we'll know one guy gets phone out the other guy works on the pig we backed the truck into the area that we were hunting you know we got out and we were getting our bows our shooting gloves tabs packs making sure we had water uh looking at the wind the things that you do before you get into the woods and he goes hey man hey man look like what there's a pig and it was there was a little black pig i'd say probably 50 or 60 pounds that had come out of the woods, he crossed the road and went in the woods. He uh he stopped and looked at us for a second because he didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And he just trotted off into the woods. So I put a stalk on him, but he he wasn't having it. Yeah, that that wasn't to be. Well, we go back to the same spot because we saw a lot of sign, and we got down in the woods. The wind was right for it, and it wasn't raining. So we got down in there. It was my shot, and Chris kind of gives me the signal. Hey, man. Hey, hey, hey. What? He goes, there's a pig. There's a pig. And I said, all right. And so he kind of flares off to the side. I get in front. Chris is behind me off to the side there, and I'm sneaking up on this little pig. I've done this a million times. Pig is oblivious. I got good wind, and I'm sneaking up there to him, and I get to what's comfortable for me, 12, 10, 12 yards, something like that. I draw back, and I shoot him. And he goes, I don't know what happened either. I made a bad shot or he moved a little bit or a combination of the two. I don't know. But I shot him through the neck. And I just turned around and looked at Chris. I wasn't too concerned because I didn't hit where I wanted to, but I had shot him in the neck and I've killed him that way before. Yeah, where Uh, he shot him was a, it was a good shot. We both, yeah, he's dead. We'll go find him here in a minute. Yeah, it wasn't what I wanted, but it looked like we were just going to walk a short distance and get the pig. I walked up there, and I, I shot that pig, really, y'all. It was an Ace 160, an Ace Broadhead on a um, Douglas first shaft. I shot it all the way through that pig's neck, and it stuck into a tree. And when the pig took it, pinned him to the tree. And when he took off, he broke my arrow. And I just grinned at Chris because I thought we were going to go find the blood and we were going to go to the pig. We went and got my arrow, and we saw a little bit of blood right there, but not much at all. And then we spread out, and we were looking for this pig. There was just no blood. We found maybe another. Chris got better eyes than I do, and he found a couple, I mean, just pin-sized, little bitty, and we walked it out and tried to find him and just couldn't. He was gone. We didn't know where he went. I was amazed. I thought he, I thought he'd be dead a short distance from where I shot him, but. No, Chris, and during that, we saw another little pig. He, Chris said, hey, there's another, not that loud. And he said, hey, there's another pig. And the pig was coming toward us, and I just kind of back out of the way, and Chris gets in front of me, and he draws back, and he goes, and just shoots it into a limb, and, and his, his arrow deflects. It, it left. Okay, <laughs> so, yeah, that arrow was gone. <laughs> We didn't find the pig that I shot. We hunted the rest of the day, didn't see any more pigs. Went back to the room, woke up the next day, waited the rain out, and then that's where I let that's where I let him pick up. 
he says we waited the rain out. We did. We get to our hunting spot, and when we get there, a deluge comes. It it just fell out, and we're sitting in the truck. How long did we sit in the truck, Dindy? We sit in the truck forever waiting oh, for this. About an hour and a half waiting. Uh, we're sitting at our spot where we're going to go in the woods at, and it is flooding. And we're looking at the radar, and the, the clouds are like, oh, man, it's about to be over. It's about to be over. And it finally it finally dropped down to like a like a drizzle. And we're like, okay, we could do this. We hit this uh, we hit this bottom, and we decide we're going to split. He goes one way, I go the other. Slews that were on, they kept converging. Every now and then, we'd run in each other. Hey, hey. Hey, you see anything? No, nah, man, ain't nothing going on. And, and you can't hear anything, right? I don't know how many times you guys hunted pigs in the rain, but if you're in the swamp and it's rained or there's a heavy dew the night before and you're there the morning, man, the 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 drops coming off the trees, you can't hear anything. It's, everything's making noise. You, you, you're quiet, but you can't hear anything else, right? At that point, you have to see anything you're going to shoot. Just the way it is. So we'd split up. Uh, we got together, we split up, and then we're going along again, and we get back together, and we decide, okay, it's Dindy's shot at this point, and uh, we've been rock, paper, scissoring, by the way. I lose every time, for whatever reason. I guess he was feeling sorry for me, but we finally get back together, and we're moving along, and we, what, probably an hour before dark at this point, Dindy, and we're yeah. moving along through there, and we, we're following this slew, and we hear something crack, Dindy's like, well, man, uh, you you can you can have the next one, whatever, right before that. And then here's something crack, and there's a pig over there. Dindy snaps his phone out. I didn't know I didn't even know he was recording. And I I go downwind a little bit and come across and seventy pound pig or something like that. Dindy, I can't remember. It was seventy, eighty pounds, something yeah. like that. And yeah. uh, it was sitting out there, and I uh, the wind was all over the place because of the rain. It was just it was just terrible conditions and. I was I was a good distance from him. I was inside of twenty, but not. I was more than fifteen, less than twenty. I drew back, and I'm not like Dindy. I can't snap shoot, so I drew back and I hold it for a second, and he tur- and he's feeding, and I wait for him. And he's he goes sideways when he does. I I lay it to him, and it man, it was perfect shot, perfect shot, right in right in the shoulder. You know, went right through him, stuck in a log on the other side, deep and everything. He he was he run off and. I turn around, Dindy's recording, and I let him know that I got him. We finally, I'm like, yeah, he's gone, man. We we hear him death groan. Dindy actually got a video, and uh, I got can, a great video of that. So we we go up there and we walk up to it, and <clears throat> we're looking at. It, he's like, man, that's a fine pig. We're you know high five and all whatever we do, and we're doing all that, and we're we're talking. Man, that's a fine shot, you know. And Dindy's looking. He's like, what what is that? And, Seriously, I got a picture I'll send y'all if y'all want it. But um, it's a picture of me, and I've got two fingers on two different holes in this pig. One's right in its neck, one's right in its shoulder. And this pig had done, and we're we're ways off from where we were. We found the only pig in the swamp. This is the only pig we saw the whole time, and and then he shot it. He was almost two miles, almost yeah. two miles from where I shot him the day before. Right, right. This is the only real pig we've seen besides the one that ran, you know, that we've been able to put a stalk on. I'll put it that way. And uh, we're we're ways off from where Dindy shot that pig the day before. And sure enough, we're, you know, two miles plus away from there. And I shot the same pig he shot. And there's a arrow through its neck. And you got the, uh, the wound and it's already closed up and everything. And that pig's just moving along, eating like nothing's going on. It's crazy. All, all the way through his neck. Unreal. Couldn't believe it. 
we, we both shot the same pig two miles apart a day a day apart it was at the pig time to go that's yeah. all i can say <laughs> he had a bad weekend he, he was an unlucky pig one in a million and then y'all went and yeah. got some scratch offs and tell him about how much money you won well, we no, didn't talk about that. We were, we were, t- we were tired, Matt, because we were trying to get out of there, and we got turned around just a little bit, and we had to go through some stuff. Chris was in the front because he had his, he had his phone. On X, what was yeah. it? On X, whatever. We were going through that. We were going through stuff that you would have to cram a rabbit in backwards to make him go. This stuff yeah, was so man. thick. It, I was, was falling forward air. through it, falling forward. Yeah. Didi, I didn't tell you that. I lost my pocket knife in there, and it, it's gone. I ain't I, never going back in there. I mean, that's uh, it was snatching arrows out of my quiver. I had. Then when we did get to an opening, when we did finally get to where we knew where the road was and we could actually walk, then we had, what, it took us like 40 minutes walking yeah. in a constant downpour in the mud in the dark. to get back to the truck. That was My that boots, was they were sloshing. Every time I took a step, it was because <laughs> all the, yeah, all no. the rain and stuff coming down my pants. It was terrible. But if yeah, you could well, redo it over, would you do it the same? Oh, yeah, we wouldn't have this great... story otherwise. Uh, exactly yeah, right. all, all except this. After we shot the pig, realized both of us hit us, and we was all happy and elated, I think we both agreed that we would turn around and go back down that creek instead of trying to take a shortcut yeah. through the woods. That's the only thing that I would do different. We would have cut our uh, journey out <laughs> in half. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. At least y'all made it out. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's a great story. I've never heard a story like that. I've seen stuff on Facebook about, you know, somebody shoots a deer and then somebody else finds out that it got shot. Man, uh, but I've never if, been with somebody that. If we hadn't day. seen, if we hadn't seen the hole where Dendy put the arrow through and knew, and it looked like the exact same pig, we would have never believed it either, man. But it, 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 it was real. And that's the experience that you get with somebody else. If you're by yourself, you would, not have that story to share. That's what makes it so much fun. Just super thankful for just the uh, the willingness to sit down with us and, and all the wisdom that you've shared with us individually on hunts that we've been on and hours on the phone with me, Dendy. I know that we have uh, talked a long time. Uh, I, I was thinking back the other day when I was in uh, college and I was about to finish my fourth year of my undergrad and I was on the phone with you and the guy that I literally just met had called about a GON ad that had a, a a Martin Hunter for sale. Had sold me the bow, and then I think weeks later we're still on the phone talking. You're talking me into selling my compound and going <laughs> fully traditional. Yeah, that's been a long time. A lot's changed since then. But the fire for it for me has not gotten gotten any weaker. It's definitely uh it's definitely only grown. It's an amazing sport and anybody that listens to this, like we've said multiple times, if you're on the fence, I promise you, you will not regret it. Just giving it a try. You will regret looking back at some point and saying, man, I never did try that. There will be regret at some point in your life. If you don't give it a try, just let all that doubt go out the window. Just try it. Just try it. It's worth it. It's worth the just it's worth the relationships you build and the stories that you get to share together and those memories. That time that you get to spend with other people, um, that's really what it's all about at the end of the day. And I think that's why 
God has crossed our paths at some point, you know, for whatever reason, I think it was, you know, it's for those lessons and the people that you meet and this, just the lives that you get to share together. For me, that's, uh, that's been the most impactful part. Absolutely. It's just with the, the whole traditional community, it's, it's just a little deeper. It's just a little deeper. And, and everybody's so willing to help. More often than not, not every time, but more often than not, the people that I've shown, you know, this side of it and helped them with the traditional, you know, pick out a longbow, pick out a recurve. When they pick it up and shoot it, most of the time, not all the time, most of the time, they, they'll stick with it and they'll have a lot of fun with it. And it's something that they really want to hit head on. Some people find success early on. Some people struggle a little bit. But they continue to do it, and they work all the bugs out. And most of them wish they'd have done it a lot. I do. I wish I'd have got into it a whole lot sooner than I actually did. I think I was 27, 28 years old when I finally picked it up. And it's like you said, that's the only regret that people have is that they didn't get into it a little bit sooner. So to everybody that might be listening to this and shooting a compound, I know you love your compound, brother. I used to, too. But if you just give this an honest shot, I think you'll I think you'll find something that you've been looking for. And it, it it'll fill a lot more voids where you think you have them. I agree, I agree with that. I've been on a few hunts. There's been multiple compound hunters. They know I'm from around the area, and they know I'm a successful pig hunter. You know, get with me. Hey man, can you put me on some pigs? I'm like, well, you can go with me. I can tell you, there's a handful of folks that I've personally converted from compound to traditional just by them hunting with me uh, they'll be coming along with me and then they'll see me stump shooting that's what that's what always gets it they'll see me stump shooting because you know it, when you're pig hunting if there ain't nothing going on dindy does it i do it i don't know if you guys do it but um I, most people do if you if you're going along you get bored you just start shooting i pick out a pine cone or pick out a leaf in the distance pick out a palmetto you want to shoot at and shoot it pick your air up and keep moving right got your judo tip or your uh your blunt point or whatever your game small game head on there i've took multiple people compound bows and every time i'll be stump shooting and they're like hey man can i try that and sure enough man they try it and they get hooked and man i've got some uh i got some buddies there's there's one fella down in louisiana he uh travels and he was he was an avid compound hunter he uh had the latest matthews back back whenever he converted but he had the latest matthews bow and he uh he got the stump shooting with my bow and man he he has gone all in since then sold his matthews to buy him a custom longbow and he's done got into making his own longbow and he's he's killed all kinds of critters now because he travels a lot but man i'll tell you it's uh it's it's just something else there's a deeper connection i believe when it when it comes to traditional archery absolutely man tokyo with you guys i'd like to close with a prayer all right Thank you, Lord, for this time with these guys today. We are so blessed to live a life like this, enjoying your creation and getting to fellowship with others who are like-minded. Please protect those traveling over the holidays and be with all those getting out hunting and getting outdoors. Amen. 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 Hey, Mike, if I might, I I just want to say that uh, I am the Southern Zone Rep for the traditional bow hunters of Georgia, and Chris handles our website. He, he, He... Services in that capacity right there. Bradbowga.com, traditional bow hunters of Georgia. Go to the website and look at look at it and check it out. And if you have any questions, contact me. My my information's in there. Contact me. Contact Chris. Come contact somebody if you're if you're um wanting to get into this. We'd love to have you. And you yeah. don't have to be from Georgia either. No, no, no you, don't. you don't have to be from Georgia. So and if you no. and if you 
you know, if you've never pig hunted or anything like that, get a hold of us. We'll, we love pig hunting and, uh, I look for excuses to go. Not that I need one. <laughs> oh, thanks guys. This has been an absolute joy for us. We've enjoyed every bit of it. We hope you all have a great weekend and hope you have a good evening. Thanks again. Yeah, guys. Right, have a good thanks, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Appreciate you.